My friends, I've struggled a little bit with how to introduce one of these podcasts, or good morning, or good day, or whatever, but I think what I need to say is Shalom. And if you would research the meaning of the word Shalom, which obviously is a Hebrew word, you'll see it's a whole lot more than just peace. It is wholeness, completeness, the genuine completion of your purpose and ideal design by God. So, as I begin this broadcast tonight, and it's night here in South Texas in the USA, I bid you shalom. I pray that God's goodness and His completeness and His wholeness be upon you, each and every one, this day, whenever and wherever you are receiving it. To that end, uh, we shall continue our study in Galatians chapter 5, and we are focusing on verses 22 and 23, which are known as the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Some people have gotten these confused with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and as I mentioned last time, these are certainly not the gifts, but rather the evidence of the Holy Spirit being more and more in control of one's life. In the last podcast, we covered the first three of these nine evidences, as I call them, of the Holy Spirit's activity and control in a person's life. That being love, joy, and peace. Of course, love is mentioned first, that being agape, uh, since that is the primary evidence of God's presence and control and indeed His redemption of your life, His his resolution of all the wrong that we have been done is made manifest in His love, His agape. We say, how does agape manifests itself in human life. Well, agape, as we husbands are challenged and commanded indeed to uh, agape our wives, it is to seek their highest good. It's to seek the highest good of the object of that love. And that's obviously what we seek to do. There's highest good. It's not a matter of What can you do for me? It's really more like what can I do for you to draw you closer to God. That's really the the object of agape. Well, tonight we will, or this day, whenever you're listening to it, we will look at the second three of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And I... In my study of this subject and of this passage, I came to realize that this is a a triad of three 
qualities. Some commentators call them graces. And certainly everything of the Holy Spirit that He does with us is grace. It is that unmerited favor of God. It is the unmerited force from God which equips the believer with the desire and the ability to do His will. So this second triad really is directed at the community, at other people. The first was our personal attributes or how the Holy Spirit manifests Himself in our personality and how we are seen by others, that being love, joy, and peace. Uh, and we're not going to rehearse that this morning, uh, this day. Uh, we're going to charge on to the second triad, if you will, of, of um, patience, kindness, and goodness. And if I can learn how to produce uh, notes for this uh, podcast, then I will put this short study or short uh, note page out there for you where I've made a table where it says uh, the aspect of the fruits of the Spirit and what we covered last week was the personal aspects and that's the the love, joy, and peace. And today the community aspects, that's the interpersonal aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. And next week, if God wills, we will look at the theological aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, those that really evidence God's control over us, if you will. How we relate to God. That's next week. But how do we relate to each other? That's what we're going to talk about today. And that's the patience, kindness, and goodness. Let's go ahead and just read this whole passage. And what we're looking at is Galatians chapter 5. And we're going to back up to, to verse 15 because I've seen that this forms a unit of thought here between Galatians 5.15 and Galatians, Galatians 5.26. So let's just read this passage, passage together, shall we? But if you bite and devour one another... Take care that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the, of the flesh. And he goes into a list here, certainly not an exhaustive list, of the evidences of the flesh being in control. Let's bypass that, shall we? But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. You're not trying to keep a set of rules. Here it says that if you are led by the Spirit, here's what's going to be the evidence of that. 
the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by or live by or conduct our affairs by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. Okay, that's the passage. And you can go and go back and study that, I'm sorry, on your own. Let's look at the second triad that the Spirit's evidences are patience, kindness, and goodness. And in the notes that I have provided for you, I've given you the flesh, what I consider the fleshly equivalent of this, and it's a long and sordid list. Enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy. Those are things that are evident in the community. And likewise, in the community, among us human beings, among whom we live, we who claim the name of Christ should be exhibiting patience, kindness, goodness. Let's look at these. And some commentators view these as graces. Uh, that's a little bit old-fashioned for me. I don't see these. These are evidences of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at the first one. It's called patience. Now, I, I do tell you that I'm reading and quoting out of the New American Standard translation of the Bible. And that is a, a translation that uh, some of you may not have. So, come on. Uh, go to your translation. How does it read there? We're looking at the second three fruit of the Holy Spirit. Patience, kindness, and goodness. Patience, kindness, and goodness. Patience means means uh, forbearance. It means you're you are um, holding up under pressure, as it were. Holding up under pressure. Does that make sense? I used to be a weightlifter, and the only way I would ever get stronger. Would be, would, would be to put more weight on the bar. That's the only way I would ever get stronger. And I've watched some of my grandsons try to lift weights. And I would tell them, okay, 
you know, in order to 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 do higher weight, you're gonna have to back off on the total you're trying to achieve and do more repetitions. As you don't do more repetitions with lighter weight, you're gonna find yourself getting stronger. And that's the principle or the analogy that we're talking about with patients. It's bearing up under trial or under uh, persecution even. Bearing up as patience is when you're thwarted by someone, when you're opposed by someone. It's being patient with that person. The second the second evidence in this triad is kindness. Now, in our, at least our American entomology, we think kindness means being nice. But that's not what it means. Kindness means being useful. When you see a need, you attend to it. You're being useful to meet the needs of another person. Does that make sense? Do you understand that? Or are we kind? I've, I've started to say to people who do something for me that's beneficial to me, Oh, that was so kind. Thank you for your kindness. Because that emphasizes to them and to me that that's what they were actually doing. Kindness. And then there's this last one of this triad. It's the goodness. Now, what on earth does goodness mean? So many people say uh, if they don't curse, goodness. Oh my goodness. And and, and it's uh, almost like an epithet. An epithet, rather. It's almost like just an, an expression. Oh my goodness. Well, that's not what goodness is. Actually, uh, in looking at the commentators, I found that goodness, the word that's translated goodness, and I'll not try to pronounce the Greek, uh, and you'll thank me for that, uh, but the, the word that's translated goodness actually means uh, it means rather holding up for good. That which is good. It, it means or moral excellence. Moral excellence. That's not what this term is really alluding to. Moral excellence. Is it our desire, the desire of your heart, to achieve moral excellence? Now... I'll entertain questions about what on earth does that mean, Brother Jim. And I, I can talk to you about that. I may not be able to satisfy your question, but I'll talk to you about that. What does it mean to be morally excellent? Well, we might think of the excellence, the moral excellence of Christ. He's our example, is he not? 
And so everything he does was most excellent. I know when I was working in industry, excellence was our goal. We wanted to be excellent in everything we did. And I guess that's that's a worthy goal in and of itself. But the fact is, uh, nobody had a standard for excellence. We do. Do we not? We have an, a standard for excellence. And that's the very person and character of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when we talk about goodness... Now, we in the southern part of the, the United States, we have a, uh, a saying, if you will, a proverb. Maybe it's not so much as a proverb. But we say he's a good old boy. Uh, now, <laughs> that's not what that means, okay? A good old boy means that, uh, okay, he's, he's kind of, He's kind of crazy and he's kind of kind of naughty, but uh, hey, everybody accepts him because he's just like them. That's not what goodness is, my friends. I hope I haven't offended any of you good old boys out there, but uh, moral excellence is the, is what we're talking about here. It's being able to stand before God. And him saying, well done, good and faithful servant. But it's not even well done, it's well being. You are, in your character, a good person. And I guess we'll have to, try, have to close our podcast uh, for tonight with that thought. Would you think about that and and, uh, really examine ourselves before the Lord tonight or today or this morning or whenever you're listening to this? Would you, would we, can we just examine ourselves before the Lord and say, Lord, uh, if I am a good person, does that reflect on you or on me? I want it to reflect upon you, my Lord, because you are the one whom I serve. You think that's a good place to stop for tonight? To just approach the Lord God Almighty, the King of the universe, and say, Lord, Do you consider me a good person? I mean, I remember that the Lord Jesus himself, when he was approached by that flattering person saying, Good master. And he said, Who's good? None is good but God alone. And I know that, Lord, I am not good by your standards. But Lord, am I exhibiting and manifesting moral uprightness before the world. Pray with me, if you will. Father God, more than anything else, I want to be morally upright before you. Not 
to be accepted by you because I could never be that good. I could never be good enough to be accepted by you on my own merit. But Lord, only by the blood sacrifice of your Son Jesus could I ever be accepted by the Most High God, King of the Universe. But Lord, before this world in which I dwell, may I be morally excellent. May I not stumble and trip and fall. Because I know, Lord, I bear your name. I bear the marks of your sacrifice on me through baptism. Now, Father, glorify your name in me and in each one of the persons that is listening to this podcast just now. And may your name be glorified and honored. And may you, Lord, be made famous throughout the earth through each one of us. We ask it in Jesus' name with thanksgiving. Amen and amen. Now I'm going to give you a benediction that I give to each one of my groups as I as I teach and as I lead them, as I facilitate them. And here it is. It's called by the uh, British churches. It's called the Grace. And here it is. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all evermore. Amen. Amen.